This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. Barbara DeLay Petze is a leadership coach that changes lives. She helps her clients do the inner work of leadership and become leaders of the future. Barbara, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It is such a pleasure to be here with you and an honor. Thank you for having me. Now, you are in Italy and you have an Italian accent. So I tried to say your name, but you say it so much more eloquently. So how do you say your name? (laughs) I am Barbara Dalle Pezze. That's that's me. <laughs> I love that. I love accents. Of course, I probably have an accent to you, but I just love your Italian accent. So whereabouts in Italy are you right now? I am in the north of Italy, northeast, uh, near Venice. Venice probably is the city that people know the most. And I am in Verona. Romeo is in Juliet's city. Oh, wow. Have you been to um, Venice? Of course, it is very close. It is just one hour from here. I was there actually last week. So beautiful. It is stunning, that place. You know, it's amazing because you're it's an hour away for you. When I used to live up in Western New York, we were an hour away from Niagara Falls. And I would talk to people, oh, you get to go to Niagara Falls. I'm like, yeah, it's an hour away. It's no big deal. It's an hour away for you. <laughs> you're like an hour away from Venice. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Yeah, I've been there. You know, it's it's incredible. <laughs> Oh, yes. One hour is really nothing. (laughs) But when you are in New York, clearly you want to be in the big city and stay there as much as possible, I guess. Do you know, I spent the first 33 years of my life in a Western New York City called Rochester, New York. I've never been to New York City and I have no desire to ever go to New York City. Oh, wow. I may probably are the only one in the world. <laughs> well, you know why? Not the only one in the world. A lot of New Yorkers don't like New York City because they take all our tax dollars. And a lot of people who lived outside of New York City, which New York City could be its own state, and just kind of like go off in the, the uh, ocean there. Uh, right. Because when they would dole out the money, they wouldn't give it to the other cities and give it all to New York City. So if you're in New York State listening to the show, Welcome. You probably are nodding your head when I said that, but people outside of New York State, we don't, they, y'all don't get that. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's say that from my perspective, I love New York. <laughs> well, there's a song after that, you know, I love New York. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're finally on the show today. And uh, because we're going to talk about leadership, we're going to talk about how leadership starts from the inside. A lot of people, are trying to think that external things make you a better leader, but that's not true, right? It all starts from inside. Yes, it all starts from inside. And uh, thank you for starting with this because you give me the opportunity to share a metaphor that I love and that describes exactly what and why the leadership from the inside is very important. And um, if you think about for a moment, a beautiful watch, I love Pate Philippe. Let's start with that. <laughs> and uh, some of their models, they, they, they have uh, at the back of the watch, they have a transparent glass and you can actually see through and you can see all the engines, all the little tiny little pieces that compose the, the watch. And you see the movement and, uh, and they work smoothly together and all the engines are very carefully um, balanced. And, and that's what inner leadership does for us. 
it actually uh, allow us to have all our inner engines working properly so that we do not have to pay too much attention to it and we can use our energy and our focus on the outside to actually make things happen in an effective way. But if we don't do the inner work of leadership and, and our engines with the metaphor are rusty and they don't work properly and they need to be maybe um, upgraded or some pieces need to be changed, then our focus is constantly on those engines because until those inner engines work properly and smoothly and they are kind of in a flow – then we are focused on them. We have to because we don't feel um, comfortable. We are frustrated. We don't. We don't work properly, right? And that's why it becomes so important that actually we focus on doing the work of inner leadership, so that we have those beautiful, powerful engines work for us and not against us. You know, it's interesting when Steve Jobs first started uh, creating computers. He got a lot of people in his company mad at him because he was so anal about the inside looking really nice. And people go, Steve, it's inside the case. He goes, I don't care if it doesn't look nice in the inside. Then what's that showing the rest of the world? Because people do take these things apart. But he was so picky about it, the any Apple product looking good on the inside and the outside. And so it goes right along with your metaphor. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are more used to uh, beauty and elegance from the outside. If you look at the outside, that's come that's the first thing we notice, right? Even when we see people, I see you, I see your beauty and your elegance, and I see your outer beauty and outer elegance. But when I spend a little bit of time with you, then I start to have a glimpse of your inner elegance, of your inner beauty, of uh, what is actually the shining <laughs> uh, beauty that comes through to you from the inside. And I think that the more we uh, want to interact, we want to connect, we want to be, allow me to say, efficient um, and, and perform and, and been in our high performance state, we do want to invest in the inner work, in the inner beauty. I call it inner elegance, actually. When I work with people, I want to work on the inner elegance because the inner elegance that has uh, not just an aesthetic value, of course, but it has depth. It then reflects on the outside. As it is, uh, if, if I may, uh, use the metaphor of uh, athletes. I love athletes because in order to perform, let's think about the Olympics, Olympic athletes, in order to perform very well, they do need to be uh, healthy, right? Inside and out. And I, and, and they are also beautiful. It doesn't matter if they are, they have a regular beauty or, or, or whatever, but they are beautiful because they are healthy inside and out. And, and I think that we need to, all of us, even if we are not Olympic athletes, we want to take care of our inner health and outer health, which translates into beauty and efficiency and uh, balance, harmony, fulfillment inside and out, <laughs> if it makes sense to say so. I have another metaphor for you. My wife and I, we bought our first house back in 2004. And first time home homeowners, we didn't have a clue on owning a home. And we're like, it is so beautiful. 
And then there was a drought back in 2008. And so the house settled and we had foundation issues and we had, you know, when the house settles, you get cracks in the walls. And then you add on that our cats like to mess around with the blinds and they would destroy the blinds. And one day one of our friends dropped over. Right. And I was really embarrassed because we had cracks in our walls and the cats had pulled down the blinds and, you know, and so we put those towels or sheets up in the windows for curtains. And I felt so embarrassed. And the person, I'll forget this. The person said, I'm not seeing that. I'm feeling there's love in this house. And I'm like, I didn't see it because I was worried about what they were thinking about the house, but they said, I feel love in this house. And I'll never forget that because I'm like, wow, they weren't looking at the the place in the rug where the dog had an accident. They were, they, they felt love. And that's because my wife and I love each other. And we were, were people who love others. And it was amazing how I was focused on one thing and our visitor was focused on something else. What really mattered. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you are so right, because uh, the balance, the harmony, the equilibrium that we have uh, with ourselves and, and hence with others when we meet them, it is totally felt. It is totally felt. And uh, linking it back to leadership, to becoming um, actually a leader that impacts lives and impacts organizations, we need, we need to become fully ourselves and uh, be a person that is in equilibrium, that is uh, in harmony inside and out with ourselves. That is, uh, in my opinion, that is paramount in order for us to work properly in relationships and therefore in our organizations. And for to do that, as for your, for your metaphor, we do need to take care of uh, the foundations and, and make sure that we know the, their standing. Are they in good health? What do we need to do with those? Do, do we need to help them? We need to do something to adjust uh, them to the, the situation or, or we, we do need to spend time energy um, to, to invest in this, to invest in this. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Now, as my listeners know, I'm a daily runner. I've run for over 1,450 days in a row. And you just can't start running or biking or swimming. You've got to be healthy on the inside. So if you are really overweight, if you're slamming down the Coca-Cola every day, you're eating processed foods every day, if you're smoking or doing drugs, you just can't go out and run because your body's going to go, are you kidding me right now? So you got to work on the inside. Otherwise, you're not going to be an effective runner. So I think it's really important what we're talking about here. But I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm hearing something from my listener. This is really weird. The listener's going, wait a minute. How do you know this? Because this is pre-recorded. <laughs> but they're going to say, okay, Barbara, you have me convinced. But how? How do I improve my inner elegance? Because I want, I want to know. So, Barbara, please tell us how me and the listener can begin to work on our inner elegance. Well, uh, what I would suggest, uh, first of all, and uh, given that you are uh, using the inner elegance wordings, as you would do for a wardrobe and maybe 
women are a little bit used to that, but men too. You want to know first what's inside, right? You want to know the kind of clothes you have. You want to know if your clothes are obsolete. You want to know if they are, maybe they are out of fashion. You want to discover what's my fashion, what's my style. And so the first, the first action is to look inside. And when I, when I'm talking about clothing in terms of, uh, um, you know, elegance, I am thinking about the quality of the thoughts that I have. How am I entertaining myself? What do I actually think? What is the quality of my emotions? What are the emotions that constitute the person that I am? What is my personality about? My inner personality, I would say. So am I actually aware of the kind of emotions that constitute who I am? Am I a sad person? Am I an enthusiastic person? Am I frustrated all the time? Am I angry? What are those emotions that constitute who I am? Am I aware of those? Maybe I'm not if I never thought about it, but well, this is a, this is one action that you can take. Start to notice what is that characterize who I am. And the same goes with thoughts. We have heard it many times, the quality of our thoughts translates in the quality of our life because thoughts becomes our reality. So how much do I know about my thoughts? Because they are so close to us and we are so used to them that it is very difficult to spot them. (laughs) And the way we can start doing that is because depending on the kind of thoughts that we have and the meaning we give to situations, then emotions are enhanced and we experience them. So sometimes when we feel angry or we feel worried or we feel um, fearful or uh, we, we experience anxiety, well, do we know the thoughts that we made just before feeling the emotions? Do we have the ability to recognize those thoughts? This is an art. This is a talent that we can exercise as we go to the gym. Right, So we need to exercise our ability, practice our ability to spot our thoughts and decide what we want to think, the quality of our thoughts. As we decide not to go every day to McDonald's to have uh, uh, a hamburger, so we decide that we do not want to keep feeding our mind with certain kind of thoughts. So becoming elegant on the inside, becoming agile, becoming smooth and becoming um, beautiful on the inside begins with the awareness of what constitutes our inner world. And starting, as I just said, with the... What about self-talk? What what role does that play in... Uh, our self, you know, the the quality of our thoughts, self-talk, you know, I'm stupid. I can't do it. I'm a moron. I'm, I'm pretty sure that goes right line, in line with what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Becoming aware of our own conversation. How do we talk to ourselves? And not only in terms of content, since you mentioned that, but perhaps uh, once we, first of all, okay, let's see how do I talk, what do I say to myself? 
all the time because usually the thoughts, the way we talk to ourselves is all, always the same. And then you want to start to notice how do I speak to myself? What is the tone of voice I use? Am I angry all the time? Do I have this uh, tone as if I am stupid or I don't get it or if I'm always disappointing? So what is the tone of inner voice that I use when I speak to myself? Because that is uh, is a tone that actually give 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 gives a, a color to use a metaphor that is again visual gives color to the way we feel if i am go if every day when i i don't know if i don't get things right the first time i say oh you are such an idiot hmm? and and i and i say with a tone of voice that is diminishing me maybe i want to start changing that Right? I want to maybe speak to myself with a little bit more of humor so that I am free to not get things right all the time. I give myself permission to make mistakes. So we are very harsh usually towards ourselves. And so we want to start to notice and pay attention uh, the tone of voice we use, the kind of language we use. Uh, are we angry with ourselves? Uh, are, do we, are we compassionate about ourselves at all? And usually it is very difficult because, as I said, we are very uh, harsh. So these are very challenging. Um, this is not difficult. This is, sorry, this is difficult to do. It is not so uh, straightforward because uh, um, it takes practice. And to start to first become aware about our inner wardrobe. And if it is appropriate, if there is something that we need to change and we want to change, we need to become aware of what we put in that inner wardrobe. And I like the metaphor because when you start thinking about it, you have an inventory. I heard a story from Tony Robbins once where he was talking about he was on the road like 300 days in a year and a couple of a partner embezzled a whole bunch of money. Okay. And at first he started getting really angry, you know, his blood was boiling, but then he decided to use humor. He goes, fascinating. It's fascinating. That you stole so much money from me in such a short period of time. What he did, he changed his state. I mean, he's still angry, but he, he just, he goes, the anger is not going to serve me. And so we flipped it and did what you said. He brought humor into it. How could you possibly? I'm fascinated. You sold so much money to me in such a short period of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is also a practice. It takes practice, right? To change our state from being angry to actually make fun of the situation and, and, and sometimes of ourselves as well, because that's, that, that, that is important. We don't want to take ourselves in the situations we're in too seriously all the time. We need to relax into the situation. So I think that, uh, um, learning how we can change our state, what works for us, and really with very practical um, actions, activities that we can discover that work for us, right? In, in my case, I know that, for example, when I'm very angry, I, I do use humor very much and I make fun of myself. Or maybe I start singing a very funny song suddenly and that's enough for me to, <laughs> to change my state out of the blue. So um, it, we need to learn how, what works for us and start. That's how we become familiar more and more with ourselves and, and, and learn about ourselves something new. 
Hey, you, listening to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I would like to encourage the listener that next time you're out driving and it's a rainstorm and you get a flat tire because you hit a pothole and your phone's dying and your phone's dead. You can't call anybody. Instead of getting angry, do a big belly laugh. Okay. Cause that's going to change your state. Laugh so hard. Snot comes out of your nose and you just have trouble breathing because you know, you got to laugh. Everything just went wrong. You could possibly go wrong. And if you change your state by laughing, by using a belly laugh, now you're like, okay, now you're probably gonna be more clear headed in how to go further. But if you get angry, well, you know, you can't control the rain. Your tire, your tire is flat. You know, your cell phone's dead. You know, what's anger going to do that? <laughs> it's not going to charge your phone. And so I don't do this all the time. I'm going to be completely transparent, but I can see the power of laughing in a situation like that to kind of like reset your state. Absolutely. And, and maybe it doesn't happen immediately because we get angry for a few, yep. maybe for a few seconds. And then you say, well, wait a minute, let me have a laugh first and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so that could be an option as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, I want to go back to self-talk because I see this so prevalent today. It's not only just self-talk. People are saying things to other people on social media, on the on email, on text messaging that they would never say in person. And I'm like, you know, by you calling someone a name or you insulting someone, what purpose does that serve? I mean, you get angrier, you hurt them and nobody wins. And, and I just want people to just realize that just cause you're not in front of the person, when you say those angry things, you can't number one, once you can't say it, you can't bring it back. You can delete the tweet, but you know, people have already seen it. And I just want people to stop before you hit send. I want you to think, man, could, could this hurt somebody? What's my state? Am I and maybe I'm reacting because I had something bad happen to me earlier. I got an accident, got a speeding ticket. Maybe I'm going to pause before I hit post on this. And I think if people would just stop instead of just hitting posts and hurting people, I think we'd be much better off. What do you think? Uh, absolutely. Even before um, considering this in, in the social media context, I would say that hurting people through words um, it doesn't do any good. And the first person uh, that it doesn't good any good to is the person that actually pronounces the words. Because, uh, um, well, there are many things that, 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 that one could say. What I want to say right now is that the words that we pronounce are very powerful. And they bring in to our world the world that this word embodies. So if I am, let me give you an example. When I speak about uh, um, anxiety, when I speak about fear, when I, when, I, when I say something bad against somebody, I am bringing with those worlds in my world the meaning of it. 
For example, speaking about anxiety, I bring the world that is around anxiety into my energy, into my world. And so if I start um, um, cursing you or if I start getting angry for no reason, just thinking that the distance in the case of uh, the social media is protecting me, it is not because it is, in fact, what I am causing, what the, the, the evil... So to speak, that I am causing you by naming you um, in, in, in a bad way, let's say, that negativity, actually, I am breathing it in. So I am the first person that is absolutely getting the worst out of this. So even before wanting to hurt you, I am hurting myself. So if not for the love of myself, uh, I want to refrain from doing it and I don't, I don't do it because already at the beginning is already hurting me. So I don't want to do it just for that. And uh, sometimes uh, when, when people are aggressive in a, in a bad way towards others and, and the right things and they just want to release their tensions and there is their anger and release their negativity. But as said, the first person that this release of negativity goes against is, is them, especially if there is the intention of hurting others, right? So, um, I think that it is a discipline and it is also, um, a level of refineness that we want to start to, speaking of elegance, uh, inelegance, right? We want to uh, become capable of noticing that there is a quality of well-being that starts from the words we use. And be- first of all, the effect of those words is towards ourself when we pronounce them, even before touching the person in front of us. And I think that if people start thinking in, from this perspective, maybe they think twice before attacking others. Because um, before hurting you, um, there, there's me and I'm hurting myself, if it makes sense what I say, Mark. It, it does. And I'm just... I'm just stunned at the insights you brought us because I mean, who doesn't want to have a life, live a life of inner elegance and dear listener, I really hope that you are not a passive listener because Barbara gave you so much valuable information on the show today. Please don't just go to the next podcast, you know, do something with what she gave you because she gave you tons of insight. So Barbara, where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world today? There is, uh, I am on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. So I just uh, look for my name there and also on my website, which is barbaradalepetze.com, my name.com. And uh, yeah, you can follow me there. You can connect with me. I love to uh, have conversations and connect with people. So please feel free to do that. If this kind of conversation is uh, one that you would uh, appreciate and these kind of topics are of your interest to you. so Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. This is a very interesting topic, especially in the world we live in right now, because this is something that we don't need other people to help us with. This is all stuff we can do inside. So I want to thank you for being on the show today and sharing your insights because I know I learned a lot and I know my listener did as well. So thank you. Thank you so much, Mark, for having me here. It's been really, really a pleasure. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.